0: Hello and welcome to the next episode of Lost in Criterion. I'm John Patrick Owatari dorgan and with me, as always, is a man who used to own the whole beach. Whatever happened to private property? <laughs>
1: I am the Adam Glass, and you know it's just disappearing, uh, yeah, the whole no, concept I mean, of private property. Yeah. And Pretty
0: soon, everything's going to be owned, you know,
1: trail It's off. just, it's, if only,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Now, yeah, like you've done. Like, well, it's that classic thing, right? Is like that. And not to get into a weird sort of meta discussion already at the top, but like that's that thing where like there's a constant thing where people in privilege and power often describe my ideal utopia. <laughs> that's,
2: that's like a and think they're thing, describing right? a bad thing. Yeah. Like yeah. A Fox
0: News does it all the time. Like, yeah, you just described a utopia. You just yeah. described. A dream world that I wish would come into being. <laughs> oh, in private property. Oh, whatever shall we ever do without having to own
1: shit? Oh my god! My goodness, you don't own the, <laughs> I guess we'll all. You die. don't own half don't the know. beach anymore.
0: Yeah, it's, it's just. I don't know. It's it's just. It was a wild. It was probably the for me the the one point where I I I don't usually dislike our our focus character, but. Wow, I really was like, what? What are you? What's going on here?
1: There's a there's a conversation that I'm sure we will have over the next hour uh that there are definitely pl- class politics at play here. That, oh yeah. Uh, that we uh we should talk about
0: inst- we have to. We have to. And yeah. I I bet we didn't do very much of that in the first grade garden school. I don't episode. think we actually did. No, because you and I were way more uncomfortable with that kind of stuff. When we, that was then, very early yeah. on, and we hadn't and we really had, gotten our we hadn't turned into Marxism. The podcast
1: we had our friend Ryan Bowling on that episode too, and a lot of the conversation centered around uh, just what what was Jerry exactly up to and the raccoons. Yeah, so
0: yeah.
1: and Jerry's raccoon kingdom. Um, yeah, yeah, that's
0: true. That's true.
1: Which was a delightful joke from Ryan uh, that uh, that I still think about today, even though we talked about. Grey Gardens, goodness, probably four years ago. Yeah, it was a long time.
0: It may have been more. It was a long time ago. I mean, Uh, it's probably not on the feed anymore, frankly,
1: right? It's probably falling off. If you want to listen to the Grey Gardens episode, you probably have to go back through the actual website archives. Uh, It was spine 123, uh, which means it's actually still on the feed because we're up to to 300 episodes on the the feed now. Yeah. Um, but that means it was it was just around the end, or or rather the beginning of. Uh, well, it was about halfway through, uh, year three of our doing this. Um, currently, probably, we're on year six, and thanks. currently we are we are moving into year six. Um, no, we've actually just finished. Uh, yeah, we're. Uh, I don't We're know, into math. year seven, I think. I, yeah, um, maybe. That sounds good. So this right. is this is spine number three hundred and sixty,
0: I oh think. Oh Lord, what's wrong with us? Yeah, that'll be year seven because it's fifty episodes a year basically. Yeah, like they're about. Yeah. Yeah. Year seven, huh? Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, when this we is three... started, John was like one years old. For real. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That yeah, is this, is, uh, this is this 361, and that was 123. So it's oh been uh, yeah, a good long time. Uh, oh, oh. I need to anyway. go lay down. Can we can we do this tomorrow? <laughs> Just take a rest while we play the theme song, and and we'll come back at full strength. So Pat, before we get into the podcast, I want to talk about our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash lost in criterion. Over there, uh, for just one dollar a month, you get access to a bonus episode. Now we yes, always do. do a non Criterion film over there. Uh, so we have a little wider range to choose from. And because of that, what I do the is put together collection. a themed the, <laughs> <laughs> the Eclipse Collection. Start sometimes, sometimes. Like criterion once, once it's been the Eclipse Collection, which is a little cheating, but it was a really great movie, God's Country. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, yeah. But uh but what we do over there is I put together a list of uh of four films that usually fit a theme. Uh some themes recently have been uh Well, this month's theme is actually uh just July's theme was uh films that uh I wrote off because they were aimed at women when I was a teenager and uh in retrospect that was a terrible idea because they're yeah. really good comedies. Well, I've uh, so never they-
0: seen any of them, so I'm very excited about this. I am. I am very
1: excited to get you to. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we'll end up watching one of them because
0: the item number five watching?
1: on the vote is always Kazam, the 1996 children's movie starring Shaquille O'Neal as a genie, uh, and it's terrible. But they have made us watch it once, and uh, and currently they've looking tried at the polls, before
0: too. Let's be clear here; they've tried before we've been, too. We've survived by looking a skin at the of our polls, and
1: maybe it may well it may seem like some of our supporters would rather us watch Kazam than watch Romy and Michelle's high school reunion so um uh, whatever um but yeah we've done uh we've done lists that were based on uh movies that Conservapedia.com condemns as liberal propaganda
2: which is uh, every from movie from which
1: we watch <laughs> from which we watch Ernest Coast Camp Uh, We've done movies that uh, really should be in the Criterion Collection, Uh, things like uh, One Theme was uh, post-World War II U.S. films that actually uh, dealt with PTSD of the war instead of just all gung-ho hero stuff, uh, because there's really not a lot of those, and we ended up watching uh, The Best Years of Our Lives from that, um, which is a really fantastic film. Uh, we've watched uh, Dog Day Afternoon and Failsafe, Sidney Lumet day, films. The best movie you've ever watched, maybe, yeah. well, with the exception of God's Country. Boy, those two and are tied right now. Right, And we've also watched really, really, really terrible films like uh, Monster Squad or the Will Ferrell starring Kicking and Screaming. I will off a never, list.
0: ever forgive
1: you. Yeah, <laughs> that was off a list of films that share names with actual Criterion releases. And uh, it was it was not great. <laughs> it was not a great it was movie a, at all. Really, I'm when
0: so, it comes down to it that was an unwise decision.
1: I really, really, actually, very happy that they made us watch it. Uh, just to have the example in my mind of what the worst movie I've ever seen is. Well, so, I mean, really,
0: yeah. When you think about it, you've learned. A, we learned a lot from that. We learned about what yeah. the worst movie ever made was. Um, <laughs> we also learned that um, what a a bad dis. Where bad list decision making can lead us yes, um, like the idea was clever and fun, like i get i totally I, I was all on board for why we did it, but in hindsight,
1: right you know and and to be fair to the people picking kicking and streaming was the one that kicked off the idea for that too, you know the fact that that such two such radically different movies.
0: Oh, absolutely, uh, yeah.
1: Share such totally an idiosyncratic name. It, yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Absolutely makes sense. It totally makes sense. And I and I and like I said, I was totally on board when we planned out the idea. Just in hindsight, it's like, whoa, boy. We went down a dark path there.
1: Right, right, right. Uh, but, yeah, uh, all those bonus episodes are, uh, are up there, and you get access to the entire back catalog, plus you get to vote on the new one uh, for just $1 a month. But for a little above that, $5 a month, we uh, we'd like to thank those people on air giving us $5 a month. So thank you to Kevin Little and Adam Speakerman for your $5 support. A little bit above that. A little extra. We do something a little extra. Yeah, uh, Pat makes a piece of art based off of one of the films we've watched recently. And I write a postcard uh all right get that art printed up on a postcard and write a note on the back of the postcard because that's the side of the postcard you normally write on. And to our <laughs> not, <laughs>
0: to not our, all over the picture. You don't write no, all over the no, picture.
1: No, not if I can avoid it. Uh, for our ten dollar and above supporters, we mail that off once a month, uh and you know I I really enjoy doing it, and I think it's it's something very unique and very special. Uh, and we also like to thank those supporters on air. So thank you to Michael McGrath and to Jason Westhaver yeah, for your $10 you and above much. supports.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It means a lot to us.
1: So this week, uh, as already stated, we are returning to, Beale Gar- to the Beals of Grey Gardens. Uh, Grey Gardens we watched many, many years ago uh, with uh, spine number 123. Um, and uh, after... Uh, after David Mazel's died, uh, Albert Maisel's uh, – well, the Grey Gardens and the Beals themselves were having a bit of a renaissance in the okay. 90s and 2000s. Interesting. Uh, so production on the 2009 fiction film called Grey Gardens starring Drew Barrymore and uh, – oh, I can't remember who played – Did that thing Evie. ever actually happen? Well, it was, a, it was an HBO film.
0: Okay, because, um, like, I'd never heard of that thing.
1: Oh, yeah, I remember that thing. Existed. Oh, I don't I remember, remember that thing at I remember, all, I all as even more. a little bit. Um, I particularly remember Drew Barrymore as uh, as a Little Edie. Um, in fact, when I think of Little Edie, I picture Drew Barrymore in that costume as opposed to actual Grey Gardens. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I don't know why because I've certainly never watched all of HBO's Great Gardens. I maybe caught a little bit on uh, on television while uh, working at the hotel or something, but never watched the whole thing. Anyway, uh, that came out in two thousand nine, but production had already started. There was a Broadway musical version of Great Gardens. What uh, that existed uh, in the uh, in the early two thousands, maybe late nineties. Yeah. Yeah, I um, <laughs> uh, the uh, the Beals themselves. Obviously, Big Edie, she died. I think uh, in the early, uh, shortly after the initial film came out. Um, but Little Edie died around the time that this came out. Um, and there's just a lot of a lot of stuff around
0: yeah around them uh honestly, like being really honest about that like the deeper we go into this, the more i just get more and more uncomfortable, yeah
1: with everything that so I, yeah. the Broadway musical started off broadway uh and its first production was uh was march two thousand six so right around the same time that this film was was coming out, uh, it uh, it was split into two parts. The first act was when they were younger and in their prime, and little Yidi was was in her prime. You know, um, and the second act was around the time set around the time that the uh, the documentary was being shot, and it won at least two Tonys. Um. Okay. Yeah. So so there was that. Um now even more recently, Grey Gardens is such a weird touchstone. It's a, it's a cult movie, right? Uh so you'll get you'll get weird cult references to it and and weird right. references to it. So like uh you know, the very first episode of Documentary Now was a Grey Gardens parody. Uh Called Sandy Passage, um, but it's always been—it's always been a campy thing, and
2: uh, but see, there that's the was
0: problem. okay. So like, okay, sorry, I—I've I, got to jump the, in here because that's that, ca- my problem. Is is that like that is both true and also definitely not true. <laughs> and the reason well, I bring that up is because because the purpose and idea of campiness is to delight in things that are in and of themselves, in my mind, in and of themselves, not good, like we're not well done or 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 have some element that makes them impossible to exist in the mainstream. I think you know what I mean like a,
1: that's that's one epi- one definition of campy. I think in a in a popular way, but but camp. Camp as the, uh, the art genre, uh, particularly out, coming out of drag culture in New York, camp is about putting on the airs to, uh, to satirize uh, upper class sensibilities. Right, and I'll,
0: again, also, that's fine, and I understand that as another version of it, but that's also not what this is. No. Because this no. is two real people. Now right. mind you, they are definitely doing their performance. We've talked about this last time. We'll talk and about And they're it the doing this, that is, same they are putting definitely on air Right. But the thing but, is is they I do not we have talked about this before. They are also very clearly unaware of the way that right. which they are perceived.
1: Their motivation for it is not satire of the upper class. Their right. motivation for it is we used to be upper class. Right. Well, and it, we it, have there, fallen and there, off and a, we probably still have more money yourself. than God. To be, right. to be perfectly honest, they still, right. even sure. if they don't own half the beach anymore, they still own most, most right. of they that property. They still own a lot,
0: yeah. And then, and my issue is is that that one one can simultaneously think that the that the upper class should be overthrown and destroyed, and also still have empathy for people who clearly don't right. are not aware of the way in which they're actually viewed by the people who are viewed like watching people. I mean, we get into the heart of what like for example re- like bad reality t v is with this right right the idea that we're not we're not delighting in people being people as much as we're delighting in people being horrible or people being like not understanding that what they are is funny to other people, right like you're laughing at people rather than laughing with people, which is problematic as a as a behavior pattern for human beings, right. That you shouldn't right. ever be doing that. And if you are, you've gone down a dark path. Right. And that's the problem, right? Like that like whether or not that's what the intention of our directors is, that's certainly the result they got. And if they did this in two thousand six, by then they knew what they were getting.
1: Yeah, that's the thing about Albert recutting unused footage for a two thousand six release is that basically he saw that it was a cultural touchstone in his whatever way it was, whether New York local or, or not. You know, there was also, uh, Rufus Rainwhite did a song in 2001 uh, that's, that talks about Great Gardens and, and the documentary. Um, so, you know, it, it had existed as this cult thing. So Mazel's Albert trying to sort of cash in on that is weird like there's a reason right. that this footage wasn't used for the first one right right and for it, sure and that reason is that he was i think they were actually they actually were sympathetic yeah i think to the they Beals were, in the first one they were the
0: concerned with their humanity
1: i think they were concerned yes. with their humanity in this one uh well, in this one, everyone's dead already, right? Little Edith died in two thousand two.
0: Right, but like you'd still so, be concerned with the humanity of people who are dead. Right? Well, I like, think that's I think thing. he's
1: no, no. I think I agree that you should be. I don't know that Albert necessarily was as overtly. I think. Yeah. I think he. If If Little Edith had been alive in two thousand six, I don't think Albert would have released this.
0: Right. At I least not the saying. way it.
1: It, it is now obviously even in the first one and, and maybe you have trouble remembering that far back, but there were issues in the first one where it's clear that you know they bicker they bicker in the first one as much as they do in the second one and it all sounds like some sub albie dialogue which is a phrase we also used last week incidentally but uh uh but but uh Albie, you know, wrote uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf is his, his most famous, probably. Right. Uh, so it's, you know, that, that bickering, long-suffering couple. Uh, right. And and Big and Little Edie are that. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> they need each other as much as they need to fight each other uh, is an accurate representation of their relationship. But this cut... You know there are points in this cut that i think it's much more overt and maybe i'm just seeing it with different eyes than i watched the original gray gardens with and the last time i watched the original gray gardens was when we did the episode so it's been a while right but with this cut it seems much more intent on showing us how resentful of jackie little edith is yeah and how how bitter she is about her circumstances um which I think which aren't just jackie you know and we talk a little more about why maybe they should be bitter about their circumstances and and how uh the position of being Bouviers uh kept them from being performers in the way right. that they maybe should have been um and we get we get a lot more, I feel like we get a lot more bitterness out of little Edie in this one, you know, also about that private property conversation and the way that's
0: definitely true. Yeah.
1: The way she talks about, uh, Jerry in this one, but that, that also occurs in the first one because in the first one, you know, she's, she's obsessed with this idea that Jerry wants to marry her or something and that he's just a gold digger. Um, but, but, with this one too, there's the complaints about Jerry there's the complaints about uh the woman who comes to to visit visit them uh the artist friend whose name I can't remember right no, now
0: I can't remember I think it's like leslie maybe i, uh, I lois know. lois lois okay
1: yeah um so yeah, she uh I mean, she also showed up in the in the first one very briefly, but we, we focus quite a bit more on her right. here coming in. We show her artwork, and then we cut to Edith, little Edie, talking in very hushed tones outside, presumably while Lois is inside talking to her mother. Well, for sure. <laughs> uh, just, you know, tearing into her in a lot of ways. And again, it's that same sort of bitterness about artistic freedom, I think, and the fact that that Lois is able to produce this art and and get get recognition for this art um but uh it's just it feels
2: it yeah, also feels c-
1: feels. It's also weird, the the fire scene actually existing in this one. You know, in the first one, we see the result of the fire, that right. wall being destroyed and the raccoons coming down from the attic. Uh, and it's it's this view of, you know, they cut it like that so that it suggests this whole place is falling apart in a much more overt way. But the fire... I don't know if we get any story on what caused the fire, but considering how much of the Mazel's equipment is sitting in that corner already, uh, it seems well, probably they do, they like it was about an... it's
0: a. Co- they claim it's a copper pipe that was like heating up something nearby or something like that. I don't know. She mentions it. Does she mention it? Okay. Yeah, she um, talks about it, but like, well, as you know, the dialogue in this, just because of the nature of the way it's done, is is sometimes extremely hard to follow, right? Like, I mean the scenes are chopped up, which makes it hard to follow because there's no through line. And then you combine it with the fact that like not amazing sound recording combined with pretty heavy accents. It's but what I'm was sitting on top of that copper
1: it? pipe, a strip
0: of magnesium. Like how, no, how I, I said, hot it said, like a pillow, like cushions or something. I don't
1: know. It could also just be bullshit. I don't know. I mean, because unless it, it was, be. unless it was an oil soaked rag that would have caught fire itself. Um, something something it could have been, could have been. A, a copper pipe does not get that hot even a yeah, very hot copper yeah. pot pipe does not get hot enough to set something on fire that is not itself a fuel that shouldn't be where it is um, right i i i'm not suggesting that it was an electrical fire from the mazel's equipment but maybe it was uh but
2: it's
1: possible but also that that action sequence in as much as it is an action sequence of uh you know Little Edie jumps in and she's getting, getting the buckets of water, and she's throwing them on the fire, and the mazers are trying to do that, except that uh, whichever one's on screen is helping with the fire and also calling over her shoulder and says, "You're rolling, right you're, You've got that camera on right Yeah I mean <laughs> yeah. And
0: that's and, and to me that you're right, and that that is such an encapsulation of my problem with gray gardens and this right is the reality of the matter is that like we we just recently. Watched God's Country, okay, and 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 it is it is a different thing. It is an interview documentary, but this is also an interview documentary. It's just a very different kind, and and it is it is interesting to contrast the difference between trying to encapsulate some piece of information and deliver it to your audience and trying to essentially like that kind of thing plays into my uh, my the understanding i have grown of this which is hey look at these people which i do not ever like right i do not i don't like i don't ever want i don't like consuming media that is based around the idea of let's snicker at these people right um
1: and i don't even, and I
0: feel like that's kind of that, though, right? Like, your rolling, right, feels like it's saying, even if it's not sticking with these people, it's like we are not so much interested in Veritas as we are in Sensational. Like, right. something that's right. going to be exciting to be in our movie about these people.
1: And that is, you know, something we, we talked about, I'm sure, with the first one, um, is you know, this idea that the Maisels are exploiting the Beals. And the bo's are exploiting the mazels, and they're feeding on each other to a certain extent. But and and the question of who actually has the power here, and I think the mazels have more power here.
0: They do. Uh, they, they legitimately do because the problem is is that the mazels, however much they are not of the same class, are aware of how this. They are operating from the outside. They are aware of what this will look like. They are also, I think, deep down inside, to a certain extent, sniggering. Yeah. And n- knowing that walking into there changes the dynamic, the Beals clearly do not know. They do not. They they just don't know. Uh, and and like, they are. I mean, Little Edie is clearly also suffering. Like, legitimately. Like, she needs help. And like the solution to like people needing help is not to just point a camera at them. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like the solution to like, you're not making the world a better place by pointing your camera at a person who is, is clearly suffering. Right. And, and, and instead of trying to relieve that pain or that problem, you point a camera at them. And yeah, she may have asked you, I mean, you know what I mean? Like there, there's that dynamic, right? Where like, well, we were invited. Like we were told that it's good that they want to be filmed. Like, yeah, but, like, that that doesn't really actually change anything, right? Like, permission is not the same thing as it suddenly becoming good.
1: Yeah. There's a fine line to tread there, too, because the mesos shooting a movie about them is the sort of help that Little Edie at least wants, right? Well, and, the, the, that's and, the
0: type of help that Little Edie wants.
1: Right. It's not the it's type not, that she needs, obviously, right. but it's it is it is, if you asked her what, what she desires, that would be what she well, says, yes, and what would okay,
0: fix but, the problem. But, but also, let's keep in mind though, that it is and it isn't, right? Because she most definitely does not conceive of she wants a camera pointed at her, but she doesn't want it to be a documentary of her wandering around and like having to deal with raccoons. Right. That's not what she wants. Like, we, We're kind of getting into some weird ass shit here, where like it's like it is the sort of catch twenty two of like, well, you invited us into our house, into your house, yeah. so we obviously filmed all your dirty laundry. Is is some bullshit, right? Like, I mean, like it it is fundamentally like, I didn't invite you into my house to film my dirty laundry. I invited you into my house because you told me you would help me show my like, you know what I mean? Like, she's clearly a person who's always wanted to express herself creativity or er, herself, sorry, express herself creatively. And has been stifled in that throughout her whole life. That's that's not what they gave her here. Like her seeing on a documentary where they're also going to shoot their crumbling house and the raccoon family. Like that's not what she wanted. Yeah, that's not what she was actually consenting to. So here's the thing versus like word, right? Like I mean, here's the thing that I.
1: I definitely think complicates this. And this is, this is not something I remember reading about before. Uh, Lee Radzewell, who is uh, Little Edith's cousin,
2: mm-hmm.
1: hired the Maisels in 72, three years before <coughs> the original Grey Gardens, okay. to work on a film about the Bouvier family. Okay. so so he hired a van the maze was to make a vanity documentary about his rich old money family right okay uh, so starting filming that they went and visited visited the Beals okay but Radziwill kept all of the footage when that project fell apart. Okay and the Mazels were fascinated to quote Wikipedia by the strange life the two women led, so raised mm-hmm. raised money on their own and returned to film seventy hours of footage with just big right lady.
0: but that that doesn't make it better.
1: No, no, no! I'm not suggesting. Okay, it okay. Makes it
0: well, you said complicated. I was like, I feel like you're, you're su- definitely <laughs> reinforcing what I just said.
1: I'm cool. suggesting it, it makes it much, much worse. Yeah, I mean, um, these
0: are people who know that everybody yeah. who sees this is going to judge these women very, yeah. very, very harshly, and it, I think this will not be kind to them, and they know it, and they're doing I it think, anyway.
1: I think there is a justification to say, "Well, they're just making fun of rich people," but I don't. One, I'm not entirely convinced that they are actually still rich, right?
0: There's um, that tr- that, that's definitely true.
1: Yeah, uh, and and rich rich people are dumb is the fundamental punch. Right, up but they are they are still satire.
0: The, the the functioning the the functioning. But,
1: but even rich people, people, right? Even rich people who are in a dilapidated house and clearly suffering. Uh, yeah. Deserve uh, deserve Sympathy and humanity um, well, you know, and, and, and like that's... again We talked about this
0: I mentioned this earlier I I can simultaneously believe That we should We should absolutely Destroy The entire foundation Of the upper class And the idea of capitalism right. And everything like that And also believe That those people Are still people And deserve right. Right. Humanity Like deserve to be treated As human beings Like right. I wouldn't want this To be done to me I don't want this To be done to somebody else That's. It, I can be blanket in that like, I mean, sure, like, if they were war criminals, I would want you to make a documentary documenting their war crimes, please. Right. But I don't also need you to show me the raccoon house. Like, I'm <laughs> cool. I don't need that. Because they're also war criminals.
1: Whereas, like, these yeah, people are just... They might yeah. be Long Island old money. Uh, halls of Power old money. Uh, but uh, but literally, Big and Little Eaters don't need the guillotine. <laughs>
2: Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, like, and 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 you know what? If they were if they were still exercising that power and they were being like, okay, we'll make a documentary about that. But again, I don't need to see the Raccoon House. It's not right. a thing I need. I do not need you to humiliate when you could show something meaningful. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I don't. It it's just like feels like just. It's like especially since this especially feels like kicking just a an already very sick dog. It's just right. It has such a dark and twisted feeling to it. Like, watching this movie was very uncomfortable. I did not take yeah. pleasure in this experience. Yeah, uh, I think this one's actually
1: even even less pleasurable than the
0: first one. Yeah, I mean, I barely remember the first one, but, yeah. like, I don't remember having as dark a thoughts about that one as I did about yeah. this one. This one I watched, and I was like, this this is a form of, I mean, this is this is just inhuman. This is just...
1: Yeah inhumane it just is it's you're just i also think it's really really indicative that this was released after little Edie died oh yeah you're
0: definitely right about that oh like i i think whether or not it's conscious or not they're essentially off the hook um i don't have to ever look that person in the eye again right um and and this one is definitely darker in that way too it's it's much more it paints her in a much it, it it paints her in a darker light uh yeah it it's not it's not even remotely flattering um yeah to her as a person uh yeah it's just i don't know it, i'm i mean i thought maybe we'd spend this episode talking about what is a documentary which i think like we definitely <laughs> talked about last time yeah we and did and it's a worthwhile conversation but this 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 one especially is so far out of the bounds of what i would consider a legitimate documentary that it might not even worth having the conversation really for me, because not only does it like intrude, like do the, the, the documentarians purposely intrude. They've also clearly like, well, I mean, they just recut it. They've cut it in such a way as to just be purposely non-flattering. Um, I think. Right. Um, which is, which is just gross, right? Like, that's just a different thing. um, yeah, I mean, it'd be it'd be a different thing. it'd be a whole different thing, you know, like a DVD extra where like, well, the, here's all the footage we never used. Like, it's in no particular order or thought process. Like, here you go. Like, I wouldn't love it, but like, fine, whatever. Like, here's just a but this is recut with very specific intentions of mine. You don't edit without right. intention. We've
1: and, made yeah. we've made roughly three hours of material out of 70 hours shot. Both of them are intentional.
0: Absolutely, but I think are. the difference is is now in 2006, knowing exactly the way that movie was viewed, right. it gives us a much darker turn. It's it's right. Oh, we want we want cult classic number two. We right. want
1: it's it's like what we talked about last week and coming back and making take two and a half. <coughs> uh, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know after <laughs> after take With one,
0: Steve Buscemi in it. Yeah, yeah. After take but no, but, one
1: is is such explicitly what it is. To try and remanufacture that for a take two and a half is
0: uh Well, impossible. Yeah, that's definitely true. Although take two and a half is, I mean, are, they're radically different in the sense oh, of, of course, how aware of, course, of, of
2: what
1: course. they are. Like,
0: the, take two and a half is clearly not a cash grab. No, uh,
2: no, that's awful. Take two and a
0: half is very clearly like, I I want to do this experiment, the next step of this experiment because I am a mad scientist of movies. Right. Which, so is, I wanna, which is a whole different thing. Right,
1: right, right, right. I want to I talk about the Criterion essay with this for a second. Uh, just the opening paragraph, mostly. Uh, it's written by Michael Musto, uh, who okay. is... Uh, he has a long-running column uh, in Village Voice called The, the Dolce Musto. Uh, and uh, he starts it off... The Beals are back, and their squalor is making lives brighter all over again. Oh I've always God, worshipped the gals now. and their strangely powerful fashion choices and nutty but often spot-on philosophies. Having fallen off the society pages and into total disarray, coexisting with raccoons, cats, and uninvited ghosts in their rundown East Hampton mansion, Edith and Little Edie instantly became my favorite cautionary tale one that chilled my spine yet still seems so dangerously inviting as a walk through pre-Rudolph Giuliani Times Square. He goes on and gets a little more self-aware in this. Uh, of course this Well, yeah, reality...
0: but I I'd be hard-pressed to figure out how he could not get more right,
2: self-aware right, cuz right, like Right. 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 If you start
0: course, at zero?
1: Yeah. <laughs> you've got a lot of places to go. Even the end, the end of the paragraph, really. Of course, this reality show was actually real, making it even more riveting, especially for peeping Toms like me who could convince themselves it was a trenchant learning experience about the wicked whims of high society. <clears throat> I understand that reading of this. I do. I don't think it's an accurate reading of this because this is the, the Bios are not high society getting their comeuppance. No. The Beals were victims of high society.
0: Yeah, and they're victims of high society. I mean, of course they are. Like, it's a it's a classic case, right? Like, I mean, the machine grinds the cogs that are in it, right? Like, right. It, it just does, right? It, 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 and, and they are. And, and as far as cautionary tale goes, I mean, in the most oblique and abstract sense that, like, everybody is a cautionary tale for, like, human society. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, like, what? You think you're going to become a part of the high society and then also learn from this to not, like, not I don't know. like w- 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 Cautionary tales require you to be able to learn a thing that you can implement in the world, right? Like, well, now I know if I ever accidentally become a member of the high society that I should not, in fact, be a member of the high society? Question mark? Because I'll, I, I don't, I don't know what you could conceivably what message you could get out of it. Honestly, right? It's not it's that 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 argument falls apart in the fact that it like is not as a non functioning argument, right?
1: Really, right? I think I feel like the Mazel's point in producing the first one was look at these kooky people, yeah, and maybe and maybe they meant they meant it in a very plaisé way, kooky like. they're silly people and they're fascinating in their life. Not necessarily make fun of these kooky people, but just look at these kooky people. And there's, there's something about day in the life documentaries that, that, you know, that, that could be in existence. And, and salesman was the same way. Look at these. Well, I mean,
0: and I don't dislike day in the life documentaries because I mean, I, I like, I, I mean, we've talked about my love of reality television, especially as it applies to like people doing their jobs. Well, like right. I have a, a right. weird obsession with watching people do a good job at things, even when they fail in those things. Where I'm, I'm set up with the idea that like these are people who are good at this thing, and yeah, maybe sometimes they'll make mistakes, but they are fundamentally good at this thing that they're going to do. And I enjoy that, and that and that for, sort of me for me sort of fits into a genre of day in the life. Like I'm just going to watch people do a thing, and there's nothing wrong with that. The problem is, is that that's not like I mean. That requires you to find a subject who's going to do a thing, right? That's not – you generally shouldn't be trying to make a Day in the Life documentary about a person who, you know, like, is, you know, having a really horrible time, right? Like, I mean, unless your goal is to teach people that there are people who are having a really hard time and that we should take care of them. That's a whole other thing, right? Like, that's a whole other animal, right? Like, that's just not, they're not trying to make me think I should go out and rest, like, form some sort of, like, fund to help take care of society elites who have had a really rough go of it and, and need some, like, some some care. Like, that's not the goal here, I don't think.
1: Right. I mean, like, Right. Yeah. But the goal of episode two... The Beals of Grey Gardens has to be different from whatever the goal of the first one was. Right? Oh, for sure. Yes, absolutely.
0: You no, know, I think we. Th- we. I think honestly, we've gotten. I think we got to the point on that pretty quickly, which is, right. hey, we accidentally made a cult classic. People like to watch this because these people are like different enough from them that they can just point and laugh. They don't have yeah. to engage with them because they don't see any of themselves in them they can they can treat them as other because they are so different right that like you just you don't have to engage with them in a way that you would an, a nor with engage with them the way you would a person that you could know right it's like just, you, you will never know this person you'll right. never meet this person you will never be this person you can just treat them as other and I don't, and i and then you get to episode 2 which is like well boy that was really popular
1: it's like uh <laughs> It's like a uh, a a booking photo magazine, or cops, or you know, news articles about. uh, You you saw them in Ohio a lot. News articles about parents who uh, passed out uh, from a drug overdose with their kids in the back of the car. It's like we're meant to see these things as making fun of someone who. Literally at the lowest point of their lives. And they have no power. No, but, but Big right. and Little Edie have no power, and that's the problem here, right?
0: Right. There, it is definitely a power thing. And, and, and also, but like... I'm
1: not interested in making fun right. of you're... people with no power. And it does me no good to make fun of people with no power. But uh, again, so I can't, uh, uh, I can't yeah. be entertained by this.
0: I agree. I agree. When I, but my argument goes beyond that, which is I have a hard time being, to enjoying a thing that fundamentally... Makes fun of actual people, no matter what their power. Like I don't know. Like I guess there is an echelon of power structure, which I no longer have a problem with it. If your power level is such that you literally make the rules for other people, then yeah, I guess and I'm that, okay with making right, fun
1: of a real person. The flip side, the flip side of that is eventually you get enough power where making fun of the person does no good. You need to right. just actively be fighting the person.
0: Right. That, that's, that's also different. I don't, I don't care. I, argue, you can do I don't care that Donald Trump
1: says dumb shit.
0: Yeah. That's true. I think I I argue that you can do both at the same time. Like oh, the, yeah, these yeah. these are complementary functions. And 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 within a society that is struggling with the rise of fascism, like making fun of the leader of fascism does help. It does to a certain extent depower them. In 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 the realm of at least within the realm of your allies, it makes them less threatening. Right. And and not less threatening to the point where you shouldn't fight them, but less threatening in the point you're not afraid to fight them anymore. Like you know what I mean? Like Jokes about how dumb Nazis were existed during World War oh, Two. Oh, absolutely. People believe <laughs> that you could go <laughs> pre World War II, man. Well, I know, but you I mean, but <laughs> we well, well, also spent well, a yeah. lot of time having a lot of Nazis in town. Um, so you know, what I mean is like circa exactly World War Two. Yeah, making your making the person who is very very threatening to you a little less threatening so that you not worry, so that you can muster up the courage to go fight them is a valuable function of comedy. In in a in a fascist state, like you know what I mean, like oh, he's also an idiot, and and honestly, is oftentimes true, right? I mean, it's definitely believing certain things are a function of not being you're not thinking clearly, right? You're not being smart, right? If you if you believe the things that get said, then you are also not the smartest person I've ever met, right? Like it just right. You aren't, right? If you believe that immigrants should go back to their home countries. Or that you know that that's that's a function of not being very bright in my mind, yeah. Uh, and I think it's okay. Like I mean, but you know, we get into this really weird line of what where is it okay to? And I agree, it's about power. But like, you have to get very high up in the echelons of power before I think it's okay to, um, where like making fun of a person in these sort of more fundamental ways is is okay. Like making fun of a person's policies, a fucking lutely. Yeah. Go to town. Making fun of, like, again, their raccoon house, I'm less comfortable with uh, in general. Yeah. Because then you're getting into something that is, like, more core to who... I don't know. It's very hard for me to articulate it, but, like, it's like... I don't want to make fun of people who are suffering from mental illness, generally speaking, right uh, in my life. And if I find out even the worst person on earth is suffering from mental illness, I'd prefer not to make fun of that thing about them.
1: Right,
2: right.
0: Like, I can go ahead and make fun of the fact that they are fascist, Thank you very much. I don't need to make fun of the fact that they are suffering from a mental illness. It's not a thing I need. I do not need to make fun of the fact that a person is suffering from dementia. These are right. just things I don't need.
1: Um, now, if, say, a certain president were suffering from dementia, I think that would just be a better reason to get him out of office. Well, that's, what, that's exactly where I was going with that.
0: Is like Or an okay, added reason to get him out yeah, of like, office. Yeah, it's like, okay, uh, this person is clearly unfit to do the thing that they're doing that is making, it's making them dangerous. I don't need to make right. fun of their dementia because there's lots of people who are, even if they're the worst person on earth, I'm also wrapping up every other person who suffers from dementia in that pool. Right, right. I'm not making fun of a person with dementia. I'm making fun of every person with dementia. I'm not making fun of a person with depression. I'm making fun of all people with depression. And I'm not. I'm not comfortable with that. And I don't. I do not know. What's I do not. I I will never know exactly what little Ed is suffering from. I and we're never going to know. Right. But clearly, she is suffering from something. Something is really eating away at Little Edie in a real meaningful way, um, and w- whatever that is, we're, if we make fun of her, we're making fun of everybody who is having, who's in a similar situation. They're all in the same boat, and clearly, also Little Edie is as far, basically, as far down the echelons of power as you could possibly be. Right, Little Edie is in no way different from any of us in terms of her of her po- of her power, other than the fact that. She owns a bunch of stuff and probably is pretty unaware, apparently, of what she owns and what she doesn't own at this point. Right, right. Honestly speaking.
1: And it's concerned about the county taking more beach.
0: Yeah, I I mean, to be fair, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the county took the beach because she had to sell it to the county because she wasn't able to pay her bills. Or somebody right.
1: did at some point. Right. Um and she, when they're walking to the beach, she says, you know, we used to own this and then someone else built a house on it. Right. You yeah. Know, I mean you, like there's, we're definitely so, missing some the steps that was, there. <laughs> that was a, that was a sale years and years ago. Right. That's, you know, you're talking about these people in the past tense too. So like you probably didn't own it. Maybe your mom owned it. Probably your dad owned it. Yeah. And somebody sold told it you like a story about you owning that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's I mean, idiosyncratically, they are interesting people, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. But yes, I just don't. One, I don't think we're getting a truly realistic portrayal of who they are.
0: No, I don't think so either. Period. I mean, we, we've we talked that we definitely talked about this last time. The Mazels definitely do stuff to get them riled up. To right. like get them to a point, like right. the Mazels did not just walk in, point their fucking camera, like set it up in the corner and be like, and then all this stuff just
1: happened. Right, we had you know, they're actively to do with interacting that. with them, and yeah. they're not and, actively and, interacting them. In, you know, again, the Maisels have the power in this situation, right? Right. There's a power and differential, also, and the Maysles are yeah. are getting something out of this, and they're getting much more out of this than the satisfaction. That the Beals might be getting out of this. Now I assume maybe they made some money off this too, if it really became maybe. popular. But, but I don't actually know that. And you know maybe they don't need the money too, right? They still have, they still have, they're still Bouvier's, right? Uh, so I don't know. There's probably some cousin who's paying their bills by this point, probably, really, yeah. But maybe also they just have, you know, they're I mean, living off. It,
0: I mean, wealth re- like perpetuates right. itself. I mean, well, perpetuates they may much just easier. not have a problem with money. Right. Like it, not right. really. Like maybe some previous relative probably sold off some of the property and that, that may have generated enough income that they literally just do not have to worry about it. Right. Honestly, it's definitely within the realm of possibility. Um, right. But you know, that, you know, that is, you know, that is the Maisel's have the power because the Maisel, Maisel's have the power of nothing else because they own the editing. Right. They decide what it looks like. You notice that we hear the Mazels talk, but we don't hear the Mazels talk clearly as much as the Mazels talk.
1: Right. You know what I mean? In this one, we get a little more of that. And the principal interaction that we see the two of the Mazel brothers having is, hey, you're recording this fire, right? Yeah, well,
0: exactly. Which is gross enough on its own, right? Like, hey, this junk house caught on fire. Yeah. Let's make sure we recorded it. While these people panic, like I mean, I don't know, like, even
1: even if they left the camera rolling and set it down, they would right. have been yeah, in exactly. an infinitely like the, better position. Better
0: people, yeah, yeah. Like one of us is going to keep recording this because we need to watch the junk house burn. Is a is a right. dark, dark place to be. Right. in this world, um, yeah. In in our movie about how weird the drunk the the people who own the junk house are, we need to make sure we have a video, real good video of the junk house burning down. Like, that's right. a thing we need. Because you know what? Like, the darker, even darker thing is, like, they kind of probably were hoping it would turn into, like, a big fire. Right. Because, like, that makes a really good movie, right? Like, and then the whole the- place burned down. What a fucking end of my
1: movie. Yeah. Also, the <laughs> it'd be, like, the end of Rebecca, right? You oh, know, well. just... Finally, get rid of all these old ghosts. Um, but uh, but also the the results of the fire that we see in the first movie uh, suggests that it was bigger than what we saw in this one, right? Yeah, because like that whole I'm corners more
0: about that. Yeah, I think I think well, this one was not super well shot, so like who knows actually yeah. how badly it burned before Because like the the fire department did come and did do stuff.
1: Yeah. Now so, there's there's an interview with with Albert uh, that's also on the Criterion DVD for it, yeah, this one. Yeah, that eight
0: minute interview. Yeah. yeah,
1: and and the only thing interesting from that that might that might play into our conversation right now is uh, he mentions that the uh, the cameras were about twenty pounds and that they just showed up with hundreds of uh, pre wound ready cartridges and the cartridges had about ten minutes of film apiece. Right. So I'm not convinced that the filming of that fire stopped because they thought the fire was out, or because uh, he put the camera down to help with the fire. I think maybe he just ran out of tape and decided it was it's a better possible. idea. To- I mean, yeah, because like- we cut we cut to someone outside filming, and they have more than one camera person, right? It's not just yeah the Mazels with cameras. You know, they've got other people involved here. Um, so. I don't
0: know. It just yeah. I mean, but like, it doesn't really change the spirit of you're definitely recording this, right? Like, I mean, in the end, that right, spirit right. is that spirit, right? Like, right. you don't ask that question because that, <laughs> that you're yeah. not asking that question because the next sentence is going to be, "Hey, put that fucking camera down and come over here and help." Right? Like, it's just that's not the question you ask if that's what you want to say, you know? Yeah. Um, now we, so do I get, don't
1: know. we do get. We do get Ed yourself talking about her schizophrenia. Uh, denying schizophrenia because right. she says that a newspaper said that she was schizophrenic. Um, didn't sp- yeah,
2: 1975. But like, the, the, the I guess
1: 1975.
0: Schizophrenia, 1970- schizophrenia as catch-all diagnosis. Is right, 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 right. Got a fun right, history, right? right uh, especially, I'm definitely, especially, funny, definitely in fucking air quotes. Especially aimed at women.
1: Also, in this one, she does reveal that she wasn't invited to uh, JFK and Jackie's wedding. Uh, which is uh, kind of a low blow, considering they're co- first cousins. But uh, yeah. So even, what was that, fifty fifty three? 53? Yeah, they got married in 53. Uh, I think there's probably a pretty good chance that even by 53, the rest of the family just thought they were eccentric weirdos, right? and they oh, probably yeah. I already mean, locked themselves I, out. probably got
0: pretty obvious pretty fast, right? Like, I mean, they, they, they are definitely within that family, the ones you just sort of try to make, you, you pay for their bills and you just try to keep them out of the yeah. way, right? Like, like try to make sure they don't do anything that's going to, like, make, make the family look bad.
1: Right. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's more than likely everyone's major concern is whether or not the uh, the family's going to look bad right which um, we
0: get back into the fact that like you know the machine grinds its own cogs right like right. i mean they they are in this society but also they suffer because of it right like i mean they don't match the society what the what their family wants them to be so mostly the goal is to worry about the family rather than their actual health right like if they ever did get help because their family tried to help them it would just be because they were embarrassing the family. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Like it wouldn't be because of legitimate, like, oh my god, I think I think our cousin needs help. Like, I'm, we're very very concerned about this person. It is. It would be because if we don't get them some help, it's going to look bad. Um,
1: which so, is a dark place to be. Here's an interesting thing. Little Edie's got two brothers.
0: Yeah, she mentions it right. Like she yeah. mentions her brother a lot. Yeah, in this, I don't remember the brother being mentioned like at all in the original. Honestly. I don't remember. Like, I don't remember extended time. family being talked about. Time.
1: You know, they talk about the dad a little more in here too, and uh, and they divorced in thirty one. Uh, Big E.D. and and their dad, um, which means well, everyone was fairly young, uh, little Edie's the oldest and was born in nineteen seventeen, so. You know, fourteen years old when when the divorce takes place. Um, but Big E is the Bouvier, eh? right? So you know, she's she's the old money more than anything. Um, but yeah, I just we've seen so much more compelling documentaries.
0: In well, this exactly. Movie. I mean, like you and I. I mean, I. I can't I just... help I can't help but like for example compare this to God's country right because in my in my heart God's country features some people who are it features some really interesting cool people who are really fun to talk to and some people who are very very scary yeah but never frames them as does not never does this to them you know what I mean like and it's a very different thing I know it's a totally different animal but it just to me like it's like night and day like they're both fit into the category of documentary right right i think it's
1: i think it also is maybe telling that the episode of documentary now the first episode is probably the worst episode because of how it deals with the beals uh the ending of that episode because this you know these documentaries don't really have any ending Uh, But but the producers of documentary now decide to give it an ending. And it's a reveal that uh, Big and Little Edith have a cannibal basement. Uh, Okay. And uh, they attack the filmmakers in the final moments of the film, of the episode. Uh, And I think it's just... I think it's indicative of of what kind of documentary this is. That documentary now decided to go ultra-violent in the ending. Uh, because it's not a joke that necessarily makes sense but it's also not even it's not made funnier by the fact that it doesn't make sense right um
0: right i mean listening. i, mean, I so, the only way i can see it working cuz i've never seen it but like i could I, see you somebody making the argument that like well legitimately the filmmakers deserve it <laughs> when it's all said and <laughs> right, done these right. assholes deserve to get eaten cuz like right. i wish you're i wish not, that you're were not being more, good more
1: overt in it because i think that's accurate um but, yeah, I mean, that's, that's ultimately what it boils down to. I, Grey Gardens existing the way Grey Gardens exists, and particularly the Beals of Grey Gardens being released after Little Edie's death and in 2006 on the brink of a heyday of Grey Gardens-related material for whatever reason. Yeah. And New York's weird, sure. But I just feel I don't like the Maisels because of this. Yeah no I I'm I'm totally I I'm on board. They are revelations I of character enjoyed, flaws for them.
0: Yeah I I mean I I enjoyed um, what was it Salesman? Uh, yeah, but it, it's also doing a radically different thing than this. Right. Is. Like that is legitimately trying I think to be a documentary like an honest to god. I mean it it's a little wild but like I mean in the end I think they're like wow look at the world that's full of people doing really interesting things that are right. worth. It's worth knowing the the interesting things that people are doing. This is not that. Yeah. And this reveals such intense flaws in their thinking that it makes me really, you know, retroactively even more uncomfortable about the whole thing uh, than I was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's like it's it's as uncomfortable as I was just in the moments of give me shelter when they spent so much time trying to absolve yeah the rolling stones yeah. of what happened, yeah. yeah, that's definitely true it's you know, so they just they do have a history of bad decisions, maybe, so
0: yeah they do and i and I think and that makes to me that makes um yeah is it called salesman is that what it's name is I keep mm-hmm. blanking on it is that the real name yeah it's just called I salesman like I keep feeling like I keep feeling like there should be more words right um, which means to me salesman operates more as the exception rather than the rule right for right. what they make um, yeah honestly like yeah this there's multiple things that show that what's more that their priorities are not not necessarily good for me, uh, when it comes to the, like what they're recording and the way they're recording things and what they're choosing to, to to
1: leave on the editing room floor and what they're choosing not to, right? Um, yeah. Well, uh, some good news. We'll never have to see anything from them ever again. That's probably so. a good thing.
0: I mean, I I honestly I don't. It's weird enough that we ended up watching this fucking three years later, right? right. Uh, that the way this was set up was such that like oh. And here we're gonna watch this thing three years later is was weird enough.
1: Right. Usually with a documentary, when we watch it here, we end up talking about the nature of documentary, and maybe we just got that all over our system last week. But, uh, but here it well, really just I think it reflects poorly I, I on the makers, right?
0: Yeah. And then and then honestly speaking, I I I really believe that a part of that is that this is so far down the rabbit hole that I don't even honestly mentally count this as a documentary anymore. Right. Like yeah, that's the that's the fucking tag on the uh that's the category it would be put in the in the library or whatever. Right. But I'll be damned if this isn't if this is a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> because then then that word just literally means nothing. The word well, just maybe has it has no meaning.
1: Maybe that's true. Maybe it does. Well I mean that's it definitely that is nothing. also
0: definitely true. Given the nature of language, that is also definitely true. I'm just saying that like I I get to choose my own categories and this isn't a, this isn't a Right, Right, tough shot. Ah. You might people <laughs> might put that label on it, but it's not anymore. Sorry.
1: That's fair. Uh, so yeah, this week we have been talking about the Beals of Great Gardens released in 2006. Uh Yeah, the sequel to the original Great Gardens and made
0: released many 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 years later. Yeah. And it's but not, not a take two and a half in any way.
1: Right, right. It is just recutting unused footage from the first one. To make these poor <sighs> women seem even worse. Right.
0: right. Essentially. Uh hey, I know what I can do. I can I can I can make fun of some dead people. Because right. I'm a good person.
1: Oh. We will uh we will jump back into narrative film next week with Border Radio, uh directed by Allison Anders. Dean Lent and Kurt Voss from 1987. Uh, so we look forward to that. Thank you once again for listening to Lost and Criterion. I am, as always, the Adam Glass. With me, as always, John Patrick Royatari Dorgan. And we'll see you next time. To Lost in Criterion, hosted by John Patrick O'Atari dorgan and the Adam Glass, who edits it. We're a production of WithToBrains.com. Jonathan Hape does the music. Check him out at And Hey, if you like us, why don't you give us a review on iTunes, like us on Facebook, or support us on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash lost in criterion. We'd appreciate it.